All right. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming back again this week or uh, for the first time, if you're new. And uh, we are, I don't know, I had a fun time last week going through Acts 1, and tonight we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. Um, so if you guys want to turn in your Bibles or click on over on your phones or whatever it is that you do, um, uh, we will open with prayer, of course, uh, tonight. And um, a lot of a lot of things to pray for, a lot of people to pray for um, this week. Uh, we have Michelle, for those that don't know, Michelle Winchester, who is our um, church She's her she, she holds yeah. everything yeah. together around here. Yeah. Um, she uh, she was just taken to the ER. Her she has COVID. Her blood oxygen levels have dropped into the seventies. I'm not a medical professional. I don't know what that means, but I'm told that it's bad. Um, so uh, we need to lift her up in prayer. Um, the the Lay family had to take Justin to the ER last night for the same reason. Um, so he he will he'll be there till Saturday is what we heard today. Um, uh, they've put him on antibiotics and steroids. steroids. Um, so be in prayer for their family also, and 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 there's many others. Who else? Who who are we missing? Well, I, you know, there's just a lot in the community um, and surrounding communities uh, dealing with this in different ways. Um, and that's that's just one type of illness, right? We yeah. know there are other people who are suffering from other illnesses and uh, going through other trials and other uh, things. So just pray for for anyone uh, that you may know who's going through different difficult circumstances. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so, are, any prayer requests from from you all tonight? <coughs> We'll continue to lift Daryl up. Yes. Yes. In his recovery. Mm-hmm. Yes. His his energy has almost come back up to Daryl Catlett level. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, well, let's pray. Let's let's pray. Father, we um, we come to you now. Just uh, we come to your throne, humbled um, by all that you've done for us, um, by the fact that we're only here tonight because of the things that you have done for us. The fact that you sent your Son um, at just the right time. To pay for the sin of the world, and so we just uh, we praise you for that, and we thank you for that, Lord, that we can come before you now because of Him, um, with boldness, asking for grace and mercy in our time of need, and so we uh, we just lift up those who um, who we've mentioned here tonight, and we pray that you would be with them and comfort their families and give their uh, doctors and nurses wisdom how to how best to treat them. And Lord, help them, uh, help them be good patients also and uh, do what they need to do to, to recover and be healthy again. And we, um, Lord, just pray now that as we open your word, that you would speak to us, that you would guide us into your truth. 
Lord, um, may any false presuppositions about what uh, your text mean, may it, may it just fall away, and may we see only what is true tonight in your word. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And I just had a thought as you were praying. I forgot to bring my computer down. So <laughs> anyone who's online commenting, uh, you and I can't see those tonight. So anybody who's here, pull it up on if you want to pull it up on your phone on Facebook and let us know if somebody <laughs> comments a question, because um, I normally have my Mac sitting in front of me with that, and I forgot it tonight. Now I can hear myself, and that's really weird. Uh, so... Uh, and while, while we're doing that, uh, just a reminder, September 11th, coming up, not this Saturday, but next, um, we have an opportunity as a church to participate in the <clears throat> Overcomers League. Um, if you've never done that before, it is simply playing baseball with kids who have a challenge doing that. Uh, it's with Kindle and Friends Foundation, if you're familiar with that in this area. Um, and so if, if you can help... If you can let me know, because we want to make sure we have enough volunteers there. Um, you show up at 945 at Anderson Dean Park. They assign you a buddy, and you go everywhere your buddy goes during that game. So uh, two years ago, even my son Micah and Isaac, as young as they were, they were both assigned a buddy together. And so they pushed their buddy, uh, their buddy's chair around the bases when their buddy got a hit. Um, so that's all you do. You're there to encourage and to assist in playing the game of baseball. Uh, and if we have enough people, then we can also spread into the stands and sit with the families who are watching the game and, and love on them as well. So just an opportunity to love on people with the way that God loved us. Um, so September 11th, 945 a.m. And if you, can, if you can let me know that you're going to be there, that just helps me rest easy going into that event, not panicking that we don't have enough people. So, Yeah. It's not a good feeling. It's not. <laughs> no. So, right. Acts 2. Acts 2. Acts 2. Let's yeah. do it. Let me put my readers on here. So we're going to do like last week. We're going to start reading, and then we, we may stop at certain points and, yeah. and go through. Uh, Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them ability for speech. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, the multitude came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judea, in Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own languages the magnificent acts of God. And they were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, What could this be? But some sneered and said, They're full of new wine. I know why you wanted me to start reading Acts 2, Bose, because you didn't want to say, 
all those places. <laughs> that's not why. That's not why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it. Um, <laughs> so what can we take away from that section? Look, there's a lot that happened in that section. Um, I've I've never been sitting around and all of a sudden a tongue that appeared to be on fire rested on me and, and started speaking in another That's language. That's never happened to you? It, it hasn't happened to me. Um, I've also never been able... Look, I took Spanish for two years in high school, and I can ask you for a glass of water and where the bathroom is, and that's about my limit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I've also never just naturally been able to stand up and all of a sudden speak in a language that <laughs> yeah. people from all these... I, there are some of these places I couldn't tell you on a map where they are. Right. So I definitely can't speak their language. Um, so no. So that that is a very unusual occurrence. It, it is. It is. Um, yeah, where to even start there? <laughs> you, I, I can. I, okay, so this is one of those texts that we all know that. We all know in this room that speaking in tongues is one of those things that's controversial. Um, this seems to be different than what we think of yes. when we start talking about to me because they're not speaking in some. Uh, some unknown language. They are speaking right. in the languages of of earth, of these people that are in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Now, why are they in Jerusalem? Well, it's... Because there's a holiday. Right. It's the holiday of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And these are um, Jewish people who, over the last few centuries... As different empires rose and took control of um, Israel, the people were dispersed across um, Asia Minor, Europe, uh, and that's where these people are coming from. These are Jewish people. It says both Jews and converts to Judaism um, who are from all these different places and speak these different languages because that's where they grew up, but they've come back to Jerusalem in order to celebrate Pentecost. And uh, I think it's so, to me, the timing is interesting, right? Because on a normal day in Jerusalem, you would have people who live in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But on this holiday, you have people from all over. Mm -hmm who are in the city, um, and this spectacular, miraculous thing happens. And where are they going to go in a few days when the holiday is over? Back home. They're going to go back home. Yeah. So uh, isn't it just awesome that God just, God's timing is just so perfect that he's, he, um, he allows this to happen, and these people to hear the gospel and to receive that gospel and then return to their homes and be able to teach what happened while we were on holiday in Jerusalem. Yeah. I just sounded English. I said we were there on holiday. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, they were there for a holiday. They were there for yes. a holiday. Yeah. And I think that that's really cool. Um, but well, that couldn't have happened without them hearing this stuff in their own language. And this is where I have one 
personal story that I can share. It wasn't quite like this, but okay. it was a little, like maybe just a little bit like this. Once when I was on a mission trip um, in a Spanish-speaking country. I'm like you. I don't, I know agua is water. <laughs> and that's about it. Um, but I was, we were, I was on, we were split into little, little teams of like three and we were going door to door with someone who was from that country and we were supposed to um, just pray for them while they shared the gospel in Spanish with people that lived at that house. And we get to this one house and uh, the, 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 this lady opened the door, answers the door and just some, the Holy Spirit just automatically started to move. There was, there was some intense spiritual warfare happening in this house. I mean, it was palpable. You could feel it. And so we're just praying, and this, this guy was sharing with her in Spanish this stuff about Jesus and the Bible. And as I was praying, suddenly, miraculously, I could understand. I didn't hear him in English, but I all of a sudden was understanding what he was saying, what he was saying as he was speaking in Spanish. And again, I do not speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, but, the, but because I could understand it, all of a sudden, I was able to pray more specifically for mm -hmm. that woman. And she also had a kid who, at one point, showed up at the door and was also listening to this stuff. <clears throat> and again, they, she looked, as he kept talking, she started to look like physically ill. Like, she, like there was, I can't even describe how palpable the spiritual warfare was in that moment. But I believe the Lord allowed me to hear or understand what he was saying so that I could pray more specifically yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit of what's going on here. He, God wanted these people to hear right. what was being said. And so... Um, well, I think it's, <laughs> it's an interesting thing when you go back to Acts 1, mm -hmm. right? And Acts 1-8, Jesus tells them that they will what? That they will be his yeah. witnesses in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. Judea, Samaria, to the, end, yeah. the ends of the earth. So then it's like, when his power it's comes almost like, him, right? yeah, right. So. It's almost like, um, you know, if, when you, if, if you go to play baseball, you start out with T-ball, right? Mm -hmm. Because you learn to hit a ball that's not moving before you try to hit a ball that's being thrown at you. Right. Um, it's interesting that what Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit does for the disciples here is, is in Acts 1, he says, you're, you're going to go and you're going to be my witnesses in all these areas. Right. And then in, in Acts 2, he's like, hey, while I got you here, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and all those places have come to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And you're going to walk out and you're going to speak in languages they understand and then they're going to go and be witnesses in those areas. So when you arrive, the gospel's already gone to some of these places. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like he's giving them the T-ball entry in, into the evangelism they're going to do, right? It's like, here's, here's the easy way in. And then now, because, now, I mean, if, if you study church history and, and what the disciples do beyond, some of them are going to get into really, really tough spots later. Um, but I just think it's interesting. He's showing already how the work of the Holy Spirit is going to be with them and, and what they're going to be able to do through that power. Yeah. Yeah. 
I also think it's interesting that the tongues are are fire. Mm-hmm. They come down from heaven, mm-hmm. and it's in the form of this fire. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned last week because we saw Jesus go be taken up into heaven in a cloud that anytime you see cloud and fire in scripture it represents God's glory mm-hmm. right and um, he has this moment of well we have these, this fire coming down and Acts 1-8 like you said talked about when, 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 my, when his power comes on you mm-hmm. and if you look through the history of scripture well what happened when God was with the Israelites um, when the temple and the tabernacle were around well his glory resided in the Holy of Holies right mm-hmm. it resided over the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies and was with them and it, in the wilderness it even guided them mm-hmm. this pillar of fire um, by night and this cloud by day, this, the glory of God guided them and took them where they needed to go. And uh, so it's not lost on me that that this would be the form of fire because, I mean, I believe it was God's glory coming down to rest on them because God no longer just resided in the temple. He was going to reside in us. Right. And so his glory comes and, re- and resides on them and on us today, even though, like we said, we've never seen... Uh, you know, fire come down on us, but yeah. but um, uh, it comes down and and guides not just where they need to go, but it guides their words. Right? It's in mm-hmm. this this flaming this flaming tongue, tongue right. to guide their words, their speech, so that his truth can get to these people of these different mm-hmm. nations. And that was really what he wanted to do through Israel all along. That's why the tabernacle was made to be mobile, mm-hmm. so they could take that truth out to the nations and teach the truth of God and the hope of God to their neighbors. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now it's become even more mobilized than ever before, his, his power and his glory and his guidance in the form of um, the Holy Spirit coming on them mm-hmm. and not just being um, in one specific location. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the, the people's response, right, in verse 7. And they say, look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Like, yeah. there's more to that question than just asking if that's where these guys come from. Right. right. That, like, that would be the equivalent of saying, aren't all these guys kind of common or not uh, highly educated? Um, because that's who the disciples were. Yeah. Right? They right. were fishermen, tax collectors, uh, a zealot, which uh, in modern day language would be a terrorist. Um, that's who these guys were. Mm-hmm. And that's recognized by this audience. They're like, how are they speaking in our language? Because nothing about them would, would indicate that they have that ability, right? Yeah. Um, so I just think it's, it's a, it's a um, nice reminder for us that, you know what? The package is not what's important. <laughs> it's it's the power of God inside. That's absolutely um, right. To to get His word out, uh, He can use anybody. That reminds me of just a couple chapters later, um, Peter and John are they stand before all of the <laughs> right. religious leaders, okay, and and they tell them how it is, and they they speak truth, and um, 
It says in Acts 4.13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary <laughs> men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And if I remember correctly, that word unschooled in the Greek can actually mean illiterate. Right. Like yeah. these, um, these were not <clears throat> educated people. They were not mm-hmm. the who's who and the what's what's of the day. Right. They were just ordinary, average Joe. Uh, they didn't have seminary degrees. They weren't doctors. They were just ordinary people. Yeah. And, um, but God's power was on them. Mm-hmm. And and because they spent time with him, mm-hmm. like you said on Sunday, the same power that was on them is on us right now. Yeah, and um, uh, they allowed the Lord to move and work through them. Yeah, uh, and then you had a few towards the end who said, you know, they sneered and said they're full of new wine. Like, yeah, they're drunk. I still don't know if being drunk allows you to speak another language, but. but uh, <laughs> Apparently, they draw that conclusion here. Um, well, there, there's always going to be some critics in the room, <laughs> right, aren't right, there? Right, yeah. Uh, so, moving on to... I, I'll read the next part since there's not all these weird names anymore. Oh, okay. Go for Bo. it. <laughs> Starting in verse 14. But Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them, Jewish men and all you residents of Jerusalem... Let this be known to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my male and female slaves in those days, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and remarkable day of the Lord comes. Then whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to these words. This Jesus, the Nazarene, was a man pointed out to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope, because you will not leave my soul in Hades, or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the path of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. Brothers, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing this in advance, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not left in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. God has resurrected this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. 
For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. End of sermon by Peter there, right? Uh, now, you and I were talking earlier today, and we were talking about the fact that <laughs> Peter, uh, in not so distant history from this moment, had been so frightened by a little servant girl around a fire that he had denied even knowing Jesus. Right. So that's in, in P- Peter in and of himself. That's, that, that's him. That was just, I forget, around 50 days before, before this. this. Yeah. And here, though all the, the disciples are testifying, Peter stands up and raises his voice and delivers this sermon and, and closes to a crowd made up predominantly of people who very many of them would have been in the crowd chanting crucify him. To those, those people, Peter looks at him and says, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. So there's definitely a different, <laughs> a different Peter that we're talking about here from Matthew 26, Right? Yeah. Um, and so, again, it's just another indication of the power of the Holy Spirit giving boldness to Peter, giving words to Peter, uh, and, and he's proclaiming truth to this entire group that's gathered. Um, if you just read that far, you kind of get concerned for Peter's well-being, right? Because you've got a big crowd, and he kind of just had a mic drop moment with him where he <laughs> he said this is this Jesus who what did he start out with Jesus who um, who God revealed to you through miracle like basically saying you should have seen all this um, yeah so he I don't think he was ugly I think he was loving in how he said this but I th- he is speaking truth yeah yeah truth truth and love yeah um, and quoting from the Old Testament, like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we often shy away from the Old Testament because we think it's too hard to understand. But that's exactly what um, all of these New Testament writers use to prove their points: is Old Testament scripture. Um, gosh, this is such a a big section. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to wrap my mind around all of it at once. The, the, um, but a great, a great, a great message, and obviously mm-hmm. exactly what the Lord wanted to say through him because of what happens next. Right. But um, you know, he he talks about. He doesn't just use scripture, or, uh, Old Testament scripture, but he also talks about people who are. They're heroes like David, you know, mm-hmm. and um, people that they would be inclined to listen to. You know, maybe you're not going to want to listen to me. I'm just, right. I'm just this dude who you think is drunk at nine in the morning. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but maybe you know, maybe you'll listen to David yeah. because he's kind of your hero. Um, so, 
And, uh, and there's all sorts of stuff within this Old Testament verses that he quotes. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of that. Like we could, we could spend a whole time just pulling out how Jesus fulfilled all these different prophecies uh, from Joel and from David. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just for an example, when it says you will not allow your holy one to see decay. Right. <clears throat> there's a reason Jesus was only in the grave the length he was in mm-hmm. because after that period of time the body starts to decay mm-hmm. um, and so that was that was to the, the reason for that was to match prophecy it was to again be a further indicator this is the Messiah he right. he fulfills every Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah there's not one dotted I or cross T that, that's left undone. Yeah. Um, it's just the, the, the thorough nature of God and his plan. You know, a skeptic might read that and think, well, maybe, maybe Jesus never died in the first place. But that's not congruent with what we know about the Romans. <laughs> right. Um, right. They were, they dealt out death very adequately and were thorough in their examination of who they were um, executing. So uh, it's really impossible that that would be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, didn't see decay. <clears throat> As you were reading, I had a bunch of other thoughts, but I don't remember what they are now. <laughs> I like that uh, Verse 24, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Mm-hmm. It was impossible for death to keep his, its hold on him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can we not just stop and just <laughs> praise Jesus right there? Like, <laughs> that, was not, that is not the case for, for the rest of us. We could not have done that. But um, because of who he is and the fact that he lived a sinless life, um, it was impossible because the, the, wage, the wages of sin is what? Death. It's death. <clears throat> Jesus didn't deserve to pay that wage because he never sinned. Mm-hmm. So death, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And man, there's just, that is, that's, that's why we meet together. Yeah. You know, that right there in a nutshell is why we meet together on Wednesday nights. It's why we meet together on Sunday mornings to worship because death couldn't hold him. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we are now in him, <coughs> inevitably, death can no longer hold us either. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, what were we on? Where were we we're left on 30, off? We're on, we left off at 37. 37, yeah. yeah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Yeah. They were cut, <coughs> they were cut to the heart. Man, I, when is the last time that the truth of God cut us to the heart? 
if it's been a while, the only person we can really blame is ourselves. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, when you're in this and you're paying attention, God's going to cut you to the heart. And that doesn't mean it has to be negative. No. But this is going to penetrate us in a way that nothing else can. I don't think it was negative here, right? No, it, brought, it I, I led mean, them to, <laughs> well, we're about to see what it but, led to. <laughs> but, there's, but there's power in that, again, when you remember who this crowd is. Mm-hmm. When you remember that these are devout Jews who are steeped in tradition, who are steeped in the law, who are steeped in their religious ceremony, who are some of the same men who would have been in the crowd calling for the crucifixion of Jesus, yeah. you would almost expect their response when Peter finishes that they're going to come at him, right? So it's clear the Spirit is moving even among them for the response to be, brothers, what, what must we do? Like, upon hearing what you just said, what, they're, they're convicted, yeah. right? Um, I never will forget, uh, there was uh, a young man, uh, I say young man, he was probably older than I was at the time, but his name was Tim Jarvis uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, who was part of our church there. And he read this passage one, one time in a, in a gathering like this. Uh, and Tim was, um, uh, Tim had had some difficulty early in life, and, and because of that, uh, mentally, Tim was not the age that Tim was. Um, but Tim in that moment like read this, and when he got to that line, brothers, what must we do? There was, there was a brokenness in how he read it that it has always just stuck with me. Um, because I think, that's, I think this crowd, I don't think they're angrily asking that. I think... They've, like it says, they've been pierced to the heart. They're hearing this, and in their brokenness, they are looking at Peter. These same, these same men who earlier they said are Galileans, and they might be drunk. They're now calling them brothers, right? Yeah. They're they're giving them now a term of respect, um, a term of endearment, and and saying, based on what you just said, please tell us what, what we have to do. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes, right? <laughs> we, people can't do that. And it's not, it's not, like you look at what Peter had to say, it's not the eloquence of his words, though they are eloquent. Mm, yeah. It's, it's the fact that it's driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and the same is true for us when we share the gospel with people. It, it's not about how fancy we are in our presentation or uh, making sure we say the exact right things. It's far more important to make sure that we're going in with the power of the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in that person's life the way he sees fit. That's the only way change like this gets brought about. So then what did Peter tell them they must do, Bo? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. 
With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. <laughs> right? 3,000. Um, Yeah, that's, that's uh, 3,000. And you know what? They didn't use, they didn't have any tracks to hand out. Mm-mm. This wasn't an organized thing where they had volunteers ready to, to accept people who wanted to, like to help people who wanted to pray. Right. This wasn't, um, they didn't have any kind of, they didn't have a microphone. They weren't being amplified in any way. And yet, look what happened. And it's, again, it's all because of them trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. To, um, and, and, and following the leading and the, the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, going back to last week, do you remember how many followers of Jesus roughly it said we're together 100 and 120 120 so the the church the the new church just went from 120 to like 3120 in in one moment that's you want to talk exponential growth right i don't I was trying to think as you're reading that, I'm just trying to imagine how long it would take to baptize 3,000 people. <laughs> like, how, like... Can you, can you... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't want to wash all the towels. Like, can you imagine how pruned your, your fingers would get being in the water, like, for 3,000 people? When we were in Chicago, we would do, once a year, a big lake baptism, and it was like 20 people at a time. Well, I would I would right. imagine that you got 120 people. They just all baptize somebody. Well, then you got 240, and you baptize another 240. <laughs> you just turn around. And you after you I just, baptize you, yeah. you turn around and baptize yeah. that one. Yeah, just baptize just whoever's behind you in line. Baptism <laughs> relay, right? Baptism <laughs> relay. See which team gets to the um, end of the line first. Yeah. I, I've Man, seen, that, that would be a sight, though. Yeah, I've seen things like what Tara was describing with, you know, videos from missionaries and things. You, you see that type thing. But still, the, the sight, like 3,000 is amazing. Yeah, and, I, I, you know, the, the, the whole baptism thing in, in their culture was meant to be this. That's not what saved them. No. It was this declaration. They were saying, hey, I am committing myself to what, this group of people is teaching. Right. I'm dedicating myself to what Jesus is teaching, essentially, in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was done out in public so that it, people, it was a public statement of, mm-hmm. I'm going to follow this person. They're going to be my rabbi. They're going to be the person that, I, that I, I'm going to let teach me the deeper things of life. Right. <clears throat> um, Which leads into verse 42. Oh, it does? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> um, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There you go. <laughs> and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. 
all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Whoo! All right. So the birth of the early church, right? That's it right there. The birth of the church. And, you know, I think we see devotion to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Those key elements are going to carry on throughout the the new church. Um, And, you know, we talked even in here last week, uh, I think it was Greg that brought up how you how you love people through the meeting of those needs, and you see that played out here too. That they're all together because they're all together, and they have that fellowship. They know who among them may have needs. They're able to share in one another's challenges. They're able to share in one another's joys. Um, it's 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 what you. It's what when you're you're growing up. It's what you're always told family is, right? Family is is uh, sharing those experiences, and we see that with the early church. They're sharing all of these things together, all centered around the um, engine of sending the gospel out and and sharing with others. Uh, and I think that's why God's honoring them with daily adding to their number those who are being saved because. You got to imagine it's hard living in our time where we have uh, government systems in place that that take care of uh, welfare and, and other things. But they didn't have that in Jerusalem at this time. Right. That wasn't part of the Roman Empire's uh, way of caring for people. They they didn't oversee those things. So the the church here in Acts becomes the body that does that. So if you're uh, someone in Jerusalem and you need food or you need um, anything, the body who is going to be the most (laughs) likely to to give that to you or to see that you got it was these Christians. And so even if you weren't a believer, there's a draw to that. Uh, and, And through that, then the gospel is also being presented. Um, and I think there's a lot that modern church can learn from from doing it the way they did here in Acts, where we um, we become we become a, a source for people to receive help and encouragement and love um, before they have to look to another source. Uh, how, how different would it be if everybody was like, well, let's Let's go ask those crazy Christians at the church first before we try to figure this out. Yeah. How different would things be? Um, how many more opportunities for sharing the gospel would we have if, if that's what was known about us, that, that we would sit and care about your problems? Uh, and so I think, I think that's what we see with the early church. 
And it said those who accepted his message. So that means there's people who didn't accept it. Yeah. So even though there's 3,000 we're gaining, we're gaining, there's still this, you know, group that's still not accepting it. <coughs> Same thing today. Like every... It's such a reflection and a comparison that you can do to the church today. The same way you just described. The same way, yes, we can be a body of believers. And all of, all of it was brothers and intimacy and doing it together. And it was this fellowship. fellowship. But at the same time, you know, we put this wall up. And there's outsiders of those who haven't accepted the message. And, you know, what are we doing to allow them to come in and mm-hmm. letting us be the first source? Yeah. Well, and I think it's this holistic approach, too. It's It's... <laughs> It's not they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, period. Right? Right. It's not they devoted themselves to fellowship, period. Uh, it's, it's all of that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. It's, it's this holistic approach to um, our, our God is a relational God, and so we should be relational people. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and our God is a loving God, so we should be loving people. But our God is also <clears throat> truth, and so we should be people of truth. Uh, it's it's all of it. It's not. Uh, I, I think somebody said last week: if you focus on just one aspect, you you don't get the whole picture, and you don't um, communicate Christ in, in an effective way if you only focus on one aspect. Um, and so it's not just meeting needs, but that's part of it. And it's not just being in fellowship with one another, but that's part of it. And it's not just praying, but that's definitely part of it. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't get the whole picture because you, you can't get the whole picture. Right. And if all we ever did was get together and fellowship and play volleyball every Sunday morning... Well, that would be fun, but we would never grow deeper in our understanding of what's of the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but likewise, if all we ever did was get together and just teach truth, which is good, we would never get to know one another. Right, right. Um, the way that we need to, so that we might be vulnerable with one mm-hmm. another, vulnerable enough to say, you know what, I don't have it all together. I do need this fellowship, and this is how I need you to pray for me. And when we can all do that with each other, yeah. those the roots, um, the roots grow deep. And I, I, I don't know much of anything about farming, but I have heard, <laughs> I have heard that when you plant a corn crop, and it rains a lot, those first two three months. Well, the corn grows, the stock grows, starts to grow tall, but the roots never grow deep. And if in the latter part of the season, if the storm comes or if it, if it dries up, the corn's not going to survive. There's not, there's not going to be a harvest uh, that's plentiful because there's no roots to support the, the corn. And if we're always... Um, in a season of uh, just where, where we never are vulnerable, where we, ne- where we never show each other our brokenness, where just everything is always hunky-dory, yeah. how can our ro- roots as a church grow deep so that when the storm comes, and the storms do come, when the storm comes, how will we stand? 
if we're not rooted in Christ. Yeah. Um, and this is all part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in relationships, just on a human level, we all know relationships are better when you go through things together, right? I mean, yeah. that's how you you grow. You have, like, if, if all you ever stay at with someone's surface level, then that's going to be an acquaintance. That's not going to be a friend that you know you can count on. Um, you, you know, I, I texted you last night at, like, 11-something p.m., right? Uh, it's 11.58. 11.58. <laughs> uh, but... Two reasons why I did that. One, you knew I was awake. I knew you'd be awake because I've gotten to know your your pattern that you're probably awake at that time of night. And then two, I was in a moment where I I needed prayer, and I knew you would pray for me. So knowing those two things allowed me to receive what I knew would be prayer support at eleven fifty eight at night. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of the beauty of the body of Christ and, and believers is that we can share those things together and, and deepen. And that means sometimes to get to know people better, we're, we're going to go through some stuff together that's not always fun. Right. Right? There's going to be uh, seasons where it's tough. <laughs> There's going to be seasons where we, we aren't going to always see eye to eye. Um, but... If we're still centered on on the love of Christ, which you pointed out being the root earlier, then that can still allow for for fostered growth in that relationship, even when we go through those hard times together. Right. And you know, I think the I think the hmm, I, I shouldn't quote statistics that I'm not 100 percent sure about, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I think what I've I've read before is that. The national average of ch- church-going peoples is that they consider themselves regular attenders if they go one out of every six weeks to church, six Sundays. Well, that's not that's not regular. These people are meeting every yeah. day. Yeah. Every day, and that's why they saw this stuff going on. Um. Because they were devoted, mm-hmm. uh, and they were able to build those relationships with one another, and on a daily basis lift up each other. Yeah. Because they were constantly meeting together. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying we should be meeting every, every day. Every day, yeah. But I think, you know, Sundays and Wednesdays are a pretty good start, and we have technologies now that allow us to communicate on a daily basis, and. Um, I think we, uh, even some of us in this room, have seen the effectiveness of, of, of being able to utilize those things yeah. uh, recently. And um, especially, gosh, in the last year, we've all been on, on <laughs> the computer more so that we yeah. were able to just sort of be together uh, yeah. you know, on a more regular basis. Um, well, and I think what you're touching on there is community, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's a word we hear a lot. Um, and Generation Z, which is, frankly, the ones who are kind of meeting across the street right now with, with David tonight, um, there is such a need and a desire in that generation yeah. to find a place to belong. 
yeah. to really belong. Um, and if, if the church of God can tap into that and realize that maybe more than ever, the, the next generation, what they really want more than anything is authentic yeah. community. And if we as the church can offer authentic community centered around the gospel of Christ, there is so much power in that that can speak to the life of a young person who's considering suicide or can speak to the life of someone who's facing bullies or can speak to the life of any number of, of challenges that, that Gen Z comes up against. And, and other generations have challenges too, but just specifically that generation, time and time again, if you read studies, community comes up so often for what they desire. Yeah, and that authenticity doesn't look like, well, we have it all together. Right. You know, let us help you have it all together too. It looks like, no, you know what? I have struggles, I have problems, and this is how Jesus is mm -hmm. walking with me through that. Yeah. Let me walk beside you through it too. Yeah. Because that's the reality of where we are. And as far as community goes, break that word up. It's co-unity. Yeah. If we want community, we have to be united. <laughs> we get that way by devoting ourselves to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like they were doing, um, and to fellowship, and to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Um, like you said, that we're not always going to see eye to eye, but that doesn't mean we can't be united. Right. Um, so, I, you know, the next verse after that says, everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And I just want to point out the order of events here, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Well, I call that the camp effect. That's what you do when you're at camp, all right? <laughs> right, that's, right, yeah. That's, and, and you leave camp, and you, you, man, you are on a mountaintop. You're, you're ready, ready to, to take yeah. on the world. Yeah. That's because you've been with, been with believers every day. You've been in yeah. the Word every day. You've been praying every day. You've been sharing your burdens with one another every day, and you've been worshiping Jesus every day. And then you come home, and we were like, well, why can't I feel like this way? Why can't I feel like I'm, feel like I'm mm -hmm. at camp still? Yep. Well, it's because you quit doing all those things. Mm -hmm. But what happens when they did those things? The very next thing it says was, everyone was filled with awe. Mm -hmm. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And I have read that verse so many times and thought, you know what? And read it backwards. Mm. That they were filled in awe, filled with awe because the oh, apostles yeah. did many miraculous things. But no, they were filled with awe first. They were looking to Jesus, learning who he was mm -hmm. as they fellowshiped and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching together as a church. And that, in and of itself, was enough to fill them with awe. And as they were filled with awe, then the Lord began to work in miraculous ways. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just by chance that it's worded the way in the order that it is. Mm -hmm. To which I have to ask myself, well, when was the last time that I looked around this world and allowed God to just fill me up with awe? 
because we live in a world that the scripture says is full of his glory, mm-hmm. first off. Mm-hmm. And secondly, is miraculous in and of itself because he spoke it into existence. So, when we look around, like, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a child, right? Like, Blake, four years old. May, six years old. That's, that's our kids. They are astonished by so many things. They discover these new things about our world and they are just filled with awe. What happens to us that we quit being that way? That's what they're teaching me right now is that there's a lot of things that seem small to me now but it's so big to them. Well, what happened to me to make me not feel that anymore, that, that kind of awe, that kind of wonder about the world. I think it's because I quit looking for it. I think it's because I got so busy dealing with all the different things that life throws your way that I forget to stop and look. But they were filled with awe Mm-hmm. And then miraculous things started to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's about all I need to say, I think, tonight. That's about <laughs> all I have yeah. on this. I would like to know if there's any thoughts from you all over this text, anything that stood out to you. Um, Anything that, that maybe as we were reading, the Lord just spoke something to you, uh, taught you something tonight? Well, I think the reason that we don't have awe is we think we know it all and we take it all for granted. And then the same thing happens about that book and about church or the church. Yeah. Holy. You know, you've grown up in it. You kind of, you don't think you know it all, but you kind of do. You've heard it all a little bit once, um, and you take it for granted. And um, you know, I've seen people as adults become Christian, and just what you were a Christian, and just what you were saying about every single day, they they give up family time because they got to be in there because they don't know any of it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of amazing. That just mm-hmm. that's what came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever I read this chapter, I'm just always um, really impressed with Peter <laughs> because in the Gospels he's pretty much a knucklehead. <laughs> there's a yeah. few times when he really gets it, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of times that he royally messes up. And um, and so then you see him in Acts chapter 2, and you go, who's this smart dude? Where did he come from? <laughs> it was because he'd been chased by Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what three years being with Jesus would do to you. Yeah. Um, and he can use us too, you know, even if we're knuckleheads and <laughs> don't get it right most of the time. Yeah. Fun, fun little, and I know, I know it's getting late, fun little side project if you want to take time to do it. 
as you read through the Gospels, what Tara was just pointing out. So you know Peter's name's really not Peter, right? It was, it was Simon. Peter was a nickname that Jesus gave him. It means rock. If you go through the Gospels, every time Jesus calls him Simon, he's got it wrong. Every time Jesus calls him Peter, he's got it right. So Jesus, just in giving him that nickname, was a very loving way of calling him out in the midst of 12 people without specifically calling him out. But if he said Simon, like, so when he says, get thee behind me, he says Simon, right? But when Peter makes this great statement of faith, you are the Christ, he says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So just in that little nickname, Jesus had a way of loving him to show him, hey, (laughs) Simon, you're on the wrong track. Peter, now you got it, right? So, so next time you read through the Gospels, just look for all those encounters when Jesus says Simon, and you can always see he was not thinking the right way when Jesus says that. It's a pretty good idea. I think Susan should give me a nickname for when I'm not not doing it the right way. She probably, she probably does. I mean, <laughs> yeah. For, I mean, my parents, that's why I had a middle name. My assumption was, growing up, anytime my mom brought out my middle name, I knew I'm not doing something right, right? Like, if, if first and middle name are used, there's, yeah. there's a line that's been crossed. Yeah. It's funny. Anybody else? James? Looked like you were about to say something. <laughs> He's in thought. I mean... You talk about fellowship, and you know, I always hear, you know, you hear that analogy that if you remove a log from a fire, that that log will eventually burn out because it's not surrounded by the rest of the logs, which help, you know, burn a fire. You can arrange a log so that it will burn by itself, you know, and like Jesus obviously could have came, lived a sin-free life, and never talked to anybody. Mm Mm-hmm. What would have happened after he died, rose, and went to heaven? Nothing. The church would, nobody would have been educated. (laughs) So the same thing. I can devote myself to prayer and reading the Bible and be like, I don't need to go to church. And I could love God, but am I touching any other lives? So I can be burning, but it's when another log leans up against me and that log gets on fire. And then another log. And then another, and you can literally build a bonfire from one stick or one log. And so, I mean, it's very important to be here, to be in a small group, to not just learn from others, but other people need to learn from you as well. And, I mean, you could, quote, unquote, set the world on fire from, you know, one log that just spreads rapidly, which is what they've done here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had 12, so to speak, or 120. Mm-hmm. Bam, big fire, 3,120. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then more daily after that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's a good and, place to end this yeah. week. And the challenge would be find, find your other logs, right? Like like go and be part. And, and, yeah. and, if, and if you're uh, watching this online... Uh, and you don't have a church home, we would love for you to join us here at Harrisburg Baptist. Um, You can join us on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. You can join us on Sunday mornings at 
nine thirty for small groups and ten thirty for worship. Yeah. Um, and you can still catch us online if if you want to stay uh, at home for right now. Just we understand the times, but mm-hmm. uh, but at some point we would love to get to know you too. And so absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, David, would you close us in prayer? Father God, thank you for Bowen and Jonathan's uh, spending their time and energy in the Word as we each need to uh, daily in our private closet. But dear God, we have to be in community. And we first have to join with you. Uh, Dear God, just thank you, thank you, thank you for dying on that cross. Uh, But it didn't stay there. You rose. Mm Thank you for that hope, and please uh, continue to be with the ones that are suffering uh, with the COVID. Uh, continue to lift up uh, Daryl and patient endurance as we each need daily. Uh, God, just uh, continue uh, to see us through. Uh, we know we mess up and screw up, but thank you for grace and mercy each morning. In your holy, holy name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all for coming. We'll see you next week.